This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How are you doing, man? Doing good. How are you doing? Not bad. Um, I'm looking forward to going from alternative 90s rock to death metal for no reason. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, Studio 666, we just saw it a few hours ago as a recording came out today. Well, I guess last night. So, full spoilers going forward. There's your warning. Yes, brand, brand new movie, just like Texas Chainsaw 2022. But this one is worth it. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> I liked it a lot. It was definitely worth going to the theater and like whatnot, getting everyone together. It was a lot of fun. It's definitely not like last time I remember. I think we all got together was Black Widow. No, we got together for Ghostbusters. You just yeah. weren't there. Yeah, I just wasn't there, so it wasn't a full crew. <laughs> well, this one we didn't have Rob, but um, I remember it was like, oh, the fun part was seeing everyone. The movie was disappointing. This one, it was like, oh, okay, everything was fun. We almost had, like, the entire theater to ourselves, so we were, like, laughing as loud as we could, basically, and, like, making little, like, mystery science theater jokes. <laughs> so, yeah, it was... We don't have any info on box office yet, because it just came out today, but if our theater was any indication, <laughs> this isn't going to do too well. Yeah, this is, um... If it wasn't for us, there would have been two people in the in the theater which would put it on like tusk level yeah so but i hope they do well yeah i do too because i think movies like this like gimmick horror i don't mean that as an insult though right but like is good for the genre in general and then it has yeah. more stuff pumping out then like cabin in the woods almost kind yeah. of thing or deathgasm yeah like exactly. Corey mentioned deathgasm at the very beginning i was like yes like yeah so what's your relationship with the Foo Fighters do you like uh, them did you like them I love them I still love them I found them in I think elementary school when I found Nirvana and I was like wait a minute the drummer went on and did other things the drummer's the guy from the Foo Fighters yeah that classic <laughs> did you know the drummer from Nirvana looks yeah. just like the guy from Foo Fighters yes but yeah I think everyone came to it at the same time as Nirvana but I think they've actually done so well that I don't think they'd have that stigma anymore like when we were younger. Like yeah. when we were younger, it's, you had to say them in the same breath almost. I think they're, at this point in their career, far distinguished from Nirvana. Oh, and if it's almost if Dave didn't bring it up, it wouldn't really get brought up a whole lot. Other than if it's like an anniversary and they ask him about Kurt and he like cries again. Yeah. But, um... No, I've really enjoyed it. I've like I've been a Foo Fighters fan from like a long time, and like the very first video I remember seeing was "Learn to Fly," where Tenacious D randomly shows up before I even knew they were Tenacious D. I was surprised we didn't get a Jack Black cameo in this movie somewhere. Yeah, uh, it, it's this reminds me also just how funny Dave Grohl is and like some of those Tenacious D things like oh, it was and just a lot of things like he remember he shows up and bill and ted face the music yeah. randomly he's dave Grohl is actually like really funny and a decent actor then you got like i love pat smear <laughs> pat smear is awesome he's from nirvana he i forget what he was in before nirvana he was in a punk band before nirvana in the 80s they went into nirvana in in utero and now dave has him in the foo fighters i just love and 
you could tell he had such a great time with this movie because there's so many times he's in the background just smiling. He, wait, he's <laughs> supposed to be terrified and he has the biggest grin on the entire time. He's having the time of his life making this movie. Yeah. And that's the thing about this movie. Look, they're all musicians. They're not actors. None of them. Now, some of them do pretty well, honestly. Others, like Pat, not so much with the acting. Well, Dave does pretty well. Yeah. Granted, he doesn't have to do much. It's like horror comedy. But yeah, like, I'm not taken out of it anytime Dave's on there. Right. A lot of time when Pat had his scenes, like, I'm back out of the movie, like, oh yeah, that's Pat Smear from the Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah, it's because he just won't stop smiling. He's having such a great time. And spoilers, like you said, he got too close to the end and I was like, is Pat Smear going to live? I hope he does. And then he doesn't. <laughs> movie was interesting. It is rated R, right? Oh yeah, it has to be. It would probably be for language and vi- and gore and violence. Then. Oh yeah, there was a well, the guy gets ch- a guy and a girl get cut in half with a chainsaw while they're fucking. Yeah, but you didn't <laughs> see anything. It no, was, it was almost that PG thirteen bra stays on during sex, so I didn't for a minute. That's what I was thinking. But yeah, we do have Dave Grohl at one point in a dream have his intestines pulled out yes. in a pretty bloody, bloody fashion. There's a skinned opened up raccoon like nailed to a wall there is a lot of stuff which i kept thinking of rocket raccoon <laughs> like that's his fate <laughs> like he's just like thanos got a hold of him and he's just sitting there like come on guys i need his arm <laughs> <laughs> i also had a question for you because now there's i there's all other musicians i bet that have done movies of course and directed and written what do you think what do you put this with rob zombie stuff Oh, it doesn't touch it yet. No? No, I don't think so. I Even, think it... like, 31? Oh, I mean, 31, but that was also, like, he had already established himself yeah. with a ton of hits before he hit 31. So, like, you wouldn't put this above House of a Thousand Corpses? No. Or... Oh, if we're going to compare it to movies? Yeah, I think it's better than 31 was, for sure. Okay. But if you're talking about... I mean, he didn't direct it. Dave Roll wrote the story. It was basically right. everything. But, like, no, I don't think that touches Rob Zombie. Because Rob Zombie is director rob zombie and musician rob zombie this yeah still felt like musicians foo fighters the whole time yeah because there's so much of like the band practicing and they're playing themselves in it yeah so of course it is but yeah i don't think it's on that level i think it was fun though like what a cool idea and like you said it's been done before i'm thinking like uh kiss and phantom in the park or whatever yeah. it is or even spinal tap like it's a fake band that became real yeah but it's kind of the one that comparison i saw that now after seeing the movie makes sense it's like evil dead meets spinal tap yeah that's very good yeah so we open up you should we get into the beat yeah for beat let's go ahead now granted like i said i didn't take my notebook in so beat for beat's gonna be a little off just like any other oh i want to okay. say at the very beginning of the movie before it it was just about to start greg goes oh no does anyone have a pen because he forgot his pen for Count of the Dead. Yeah, I didn't want to use my fingers this time for Count of the Dead, so I just put a tally down anytime there was a death. And luckily, Anna was there; she had a pen, so I was good to go. It's always yeah. That's what that purse is like a lifesaver oh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the beginning. It's funny. Slight spoilers for Scream twenty twenty two. Starts out with Jenna Ortega being murdered in very similar fashion to Scream, where she's crawling across the floor and everything. And I thought that was just funny that. The last two movies, me and you saw in theaters, basically had the same opening with the same actress. Yeah, which I did not catch. I'm glad that you caught that, because I didn't catch who it was at all. She's having a killer year. Yeah. Scream that. She's an ex coming out. Oh, she's also an ex. Yeah. Because I'm excited for that. Yeah, she's got a big year in horror right now. Holy crap. 
but she's crawling away from a killer while there's an old tape playing, and she says, no, I did it, and you see another guy there, another band member, we find out, like, just bloodily murdered with his jaw slashed open and everything. Named Greg. Oh, yeah, that was named Greg. Yes. (laughs) Not Greg of the Dead, that was just Greg the Dead. But he is a dead Greg. Yes, (laughs) Greg the Dead. (laughs) Um, But, and then, hammer to the head, pretty nice, Mm -hmm. and then... That's the end. It says like 30 years later or something. Well, then the singer um, kills himself by hanging. Yes. We don't see that there. We see that in flashbacks and stuff later on. Oh, okay. I thought that we saw it at the beat. No, yeah. pretty. It was at least close to yeah, the Yeah, it was when he clapped his hands. Cause... But yeah, so that whole band dies. We get to 30 years later. The Foo Fighters are in a meeting with like their label about how they need mm. to write him a new album. Who's that guy? He's from um, what, the Goldbergs, right? Yeah, Jeff Garland. Okay. But yeah, he's so you guys got to write me a hit record. And so, long story short, they buy this little mansion or rent it to record their album. And like a lot of bands used to do. Yeah, I love the Dave. This is, he's like looking, they're like, this is going to be our 10th studio album. We got to make this one special. Um, it's got to stand out, be something different. And he's like, I don't want to do any of these studios. They all sound the same. And that's when Jeff Garland like radios to like, I don't know if it's the secretary or like a colleague, but he's like, get the house ready. I think they're ready for the house. And it's like, uh oh, <laughs> I completely forgot about that by the end with the whole twist and yeah. everything like that. He was doing that until you brought oh. it up now. When they, when Jeff fucking Garland shows up later in a robe, like he's a Satanist, but it's still just <laughs> Jeff Garland. <laughs> I love him and Dave. I know it's at the very end we'll get to it, but they have a fucking fist fight and he's choking them out. It's great. Yeah. But then we get, um, they get the house and everything. They go in. They're like, this was a place. There's this legend of a band murder here or something, right? Yeah. I forget. What was the name of the band? Something Widow. Not Black Widow. Dream Widow? Dream. It was something really stupid. Well, I can check because they released that single on Spotify. Really? Yeah. And so it's on the Foo Fighters page. So I'll find out right now. I know what I'm listening then to on my way home. (laughs) It was really good. It was like a fast paced stoner metal song. I really liked it. I love that Doom. Like it wasn't black metal. Like this part wasn't black metal yet. This is like the Doom stoner metal. Dream Widow. Dream Widow. Okay. Which is just such a bad name. <laughs> yeah. I think it was, it was supposed to be something generic. What was the other name? Like, uh, Bone something? Oh, fuck. I forget. It's like Bone Articulation or something. Like, it's not that. But yeah. it's like, it reminds me of Airheads and the Lone Rangers. <laughs> the Lone Rangers? Lone Rangers can't be plural. <laughs> <laughs> But so yeah, they, they get this place and they decide they're all going to stay there while they record the album and get it done there. And they even mention it very much like Led Zeppelin did with the castle. And they even mention about like, oh, does this one have demonic shit too? Like theirs did? Yeah, I think the Foo Fighters last album was actually recorded in a garage too, which is cool. Yeah. Like, and I just like that they do that still. They don't need to go to the fancy place like this. And their newest album, the 10th album that they talk about in the movie, was actually recorded in that house. Oh, no shit. That's really cool. Dave and... Oh, you know, because I've watched a bunch of backstory. I haven't watched movie. hardly any. Because um, Dave was on, like, he went on Howard Stern. I so on Kimmel, yeah. I had to watch fucking new Howard Stern again while Howard Stern's podcasting basically <laughs> from his fucking basement in Florida. 
and he was also on Hot Ones, yeah. which is good because at the he got I only watched like half of it to like three quarters, but I heard like he gets this uh, host drunk because they keep doing shots. Like every wing they eat, they do a shot. Yeah, so like they do like twelve shots in a row. It's so funny. But um, Dave was saying like they rented this house to record the new album. And he loved the look of it. And there, I think there was some kind of backstory, like every old house. Oh, it's haunted. Yeah. And he's like, this is a really cool layout and the house is cool. What if we shot like a shitty little low budget thing real quick? That would be fun. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like throwing millions of dollars at him. And he's like, wait a minute. I was just kind of fucking around. <laughs> yeah, but it worked out. But yeah, so they get this place and they're walking around. They decide they're going to stay. And that's pretty much the beginning we meet the neighbor, uh, who she played by. Uh, Whitney Cummins. Yes, she was hilarious. Um, you get her talking to him from over the fence, and she says, if you need a backup singer. And then I did a little bit, I got another confession to make. Like, really bad singing. Like, it's Dave doing... backing around to help me. <laughs> the, back, the banter Dave has about her throughout the movie, like, the next time she shows up, like, I really despise that woman. Yeah. But uh, she's also doing the thing where she's singing where she, where she ends it with like, Aah. Oh, like American Idol back in the 2000s. Yeah. Like everyone on that show. Um, Right before this too, like a scene or two before, and it's a little bit important of Dave thinks that he sees a gardener and it has the same hat on as Greg who jumped out the window. Yes. So, cause he hears him shearing uh, the bushes or whatnot, which brings in the shears, which later on we get an awesome burning reference. Yeah, the with the the shears, of the shears. up in the air. Yeah. As soon as I saw that, it took all of me not to pull a razor rob and be like, "Fucking Matthew Murdoch's this is the burning, everyone." <laughs> also, when they get in there, he claps, and he loves the sound of the clap. And every time he claps, you have like a. Pazuzu looking flashback yeah. of what happened there before. And it's like some weird like death metal clap somehow. Yeah. Like it, the clap has distortion. <laughs> oh, that could sound so funny taken out of context. That sentence right oh, there. Oh, the clap has to be. <laughs> <laughs> so they're setting up and everything. Their roadie who once they decide to do it, who's bringing all their gear in is none other than Carrie fucking King from Slayer. <laughs> Which I knew he was going to be in the movie. I thought it was just going to be a cameo. I didn't know we were going to get so much Carrie King. See, now I'm thinking about, I do think he's in the trailer, but in my head, because I, I passively watched the trailer, I like, oh, it's a guy done up to look like Carrie right. King. I didn't realize, I'm like, holy shit, they got Carrie King in this movie. Well, Dave even talked about it on one of the interviews I saw, where he was like, well, Slayer broke up. I'm friends with those guys. I know they're not doing anything right now. Yeah. Carrie King, you want to be in this movie with me? It's nice because I always took Carrie King in a lot of things I've seen him with is someone who takes himself way too seriously. Yeah. So I'm surprised but glad they got him to do this. Yeah, and he was actually really funny in it. Yeah. <laughs> and Dave's making him move his snare like oh an inch God. to the side till he gets that perfect sound. He's like a hair more to the left. A hair more. And he's boonk. No, I went too far. <laughs> and then he moves it like a hair back and he goes thunk and it makes like the death metal thunk. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's it. You heard it, right? And Carrie King's like, yeah, it's great. I don't want him to fucking move this thing anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're moving everything in and is that pretty much it? Yeah. And when they're setting up upstairs, all the recording equipment and everything, Carrie King gets, like, you see this little demon hand go through the wires and everything, and then Carrie King gets electrocuted in Return of the Jedi Force Lightning fashion. Yes. And then 
the bubbling boiled burned effect on him is actually really well done two things that this scene reminded me of because i kept getting callbacks i don't know if they're intentional or not or if it's just me looking i saw frank hen and lauder lightning because it was blue lightning and then um from sleepaway camp the uh, that, I got that cook. for sure. Yeah, I don't think that was intentional, but it definitely reminded with me of it. With the boils and like yeah. how burnt he was and stuff. And I forget, I, the only two band members I know is Dave and Pat. I forget the rest of their I, names. I remember Taylor Hawkins because he Is he the me, drummer, right? Yeah, because I remember when I was young, I'm like, who's the drummer who's going to replace the drummer? Yeah, but um, he like one of them of the other bandmates goes up to this charred corpse and it's like checks his pulse and it's like, he's dead. <laughs> And then I love they're all like, they're immediately like, he's getting wheeled out on the stretcher and whatnot. They're all standing around. It's day one. They're not even set up yet. And they're already like, well, that was a failure. (laughs) Yeah, they go to call it quits because their friend just died. And Dave's like, you would have wanted us to do this and breaks into this speech. Worry. And then they decide to stay and finish writing the record. Because he's like, oh, no, we have to do it. He loves the sound of the drum. We have to dedicate the drums to him. Then shortly after, we have a scene that I love that made me laugh really hard, is they're grilling and everything. Dave opens the grill, and Carrie King's head is there. And he goes like, Dave, or something that Yeah, he says something. I think it is just like, Dave. Rah, 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 rah. But he, like, says a few things in, like, a gruff Carrie King voice, and Dave's like, ah! Dude, at this point, this movie was perfect to me. Like, I'm like, this is, the pace it moved yeah. at the beginning, I wish it moved the whole way through. Yeah. Because it's hitting beat death joke like plot beat death joke like that at the yeah beginning, so. it's really sharp at the beginning and it fall it kind of get like any move like most movies do if you're not reanimator or like return of the living dead um if in the movie in the middle it kind of sags a little bit and i think a lot of that is just it's really cool i love all the rehearsing scenes but there are a lot they of rehearsing long, scenes don't say too which you can definitely tell that Dave and them had a heavy part in writing it because they're like, no, this is important. You have to show the thing of like, I don't know if you being like a musician, you Former can see musician, that. I like to say uh, it sold out a long time ago. If what trade in your guitar for a microphone. Exactly. <laughs> um, if you understood that maybe a little bit more of like showing the process and if that's important or not. I enjoyed it because for one, like I complain about in a lot of movies when you have musicians, it's people who don't know how anything about it and yeah. it's really fake with them being the actual Foo Fighters I don't think they were playing all the stuff live actually right but they actually knew how to fake it well enough when they weren't yeah and that made it much more a relaxing watch as someone who picks that stuff out normally they're not playing a high note in his like arms at the uh, very yeah. head of the guitar or it's like supposed to be chugging and you see them like shredding all down the neck and everything oh here in a little bit when we get to Dave shredding that could have been 10 minutes long. I was just oh, like, oh, that great. was awesome. Yeah, just as a random solo in the middle, it's great. Um, So yeah, Carrie King's dead. <laughs> He's wheeled out. They decide to stay. I don't remember if we see him here for the first time or if we see him later for the first time. I'm just going to bring him up now. Uh, John Carpenter not mm. only did the score for this movie, the non-Foo Fighters part, but he's also in this movie. Yeah, which I knew that he did uh, music for it. I had no idea he was going to show up. Yeah, it was just great seeing John Carpenter in anything, to be honest. I can't think of the last thing I saw him act in, actually. Because he's a director, but he's cameos and stuff here and there. But, you know, I'm thinking, like, back to body bags and stuff like that. So it was really cool seeing John Carpenter in there, being the producer. 
and they a lot of and it there's a lot of like glory shots of stuff yeah. and there's a lot of you can definitely tell they're like we have john carpenter behind the board like mixing we have to get a lot of glory shots of that oh yeah. and i'm i'm okay with it because like uh was it you that said like god john carpenter looks like death he's like, looking rough these days yeah but him and his son did music for this movie. It's his son Cody, right? Which I'm wondering if that's who was beside him. That guy with the random eye patch. I was wondering that myself. I don't know what it looks no like idea. enough to speak on it. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, it probably is when you think about yeah. it. Now, Dave Grohl is having writer's block this whole time. Because we get a scene of him showing the guy some riffs. And the first one's All My Life by the Foo Fighters. And the second one's Everlong. Like, no, we already wrote these songs. He's like, yes, that's very good. 20 years ago when you wrote it. And I love how he like he starts playing it like, guys, this is awesome. Check out this brand new thing. And it goes right into it. And they all just kind of like glance at each other. I'm just like, yeah. That's... <laughs> and again, during all these scenes, Pat is just smiling like, and giggly during everything, which is fine here. But later when he's supposed to be terrified, on a close-up, you'll see him scream and look scared. And anything else, he's smiling and running around and having a yeah. great time. I'm pretty sure he was high the whole time. I don't know if he does anything, but he looked like he was a very stoned man at this moment. I think they're all, I don't know if all of them, but they're all at least like drinkers and smokers, I'm pretty sure. I know at least Dave is. Yeah. But man, this was a fun time. But then he's laying in bed at night, and this is where he has the nightmare, where again, Carrie King's corpse floats in and yells at him. Dave real screams, very funny fashion, honestly. Very good comedic actor, wakes up falls back asleep, and all these little demon things we'll see throughout the entire movie appear around him, crawl under the bed, and rip his intestines out. I love the reveal of the demon creatures, because it's like, he sets up, he turns his light on, he's like, oh, it must have been a bad dream. And he turns the light off, and he's like, in the void. Yeah, It's just blackness all around him, and he's surrounded. <laughs> the first eyes and silhouette I saw, it looked like Gozer. I'm like, are you a god? Because <laughs> I was thinking the whole time. And I got a... Um kind of a Ghostbusters vibe later when the laser beam shoots out of the book. Oh, And it's yeah. almost like a proton packing. Yeah, I was getting obvious Evil Dead vibes yeah. there, too. It's like Evil Dead book, but has a vagina on it instead yes. of a face. It's just like a hole that, like, that eats blood. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> but so Dave, that night after he can't sleep, he's walking around and he finds this weird, like, side room basement thing where we see this dead raccoon split open and nailed to the wall, and this old, like, I guess, recording equipment that he, a band who stayed there in the 90s, recorded on. Yeah, this is the Whatever Widow band. Dream Widow. Dream Widow. Yes. Well, I love, like, Dave, like, he's about to leave, because he sees the mangled raccoon is about to leave, then something makes a noise, he lifts up like a tarp, and he finds Dream Widow, like, demo, and he's like, no way! And has to, like, play it immediately. Yeah, which, I mean, if you, a band that you thought, like, was gone and, like, had very little material, if you found a real all-new stuff of them, yeah, I'd be pretty stoked Oh, yeah. Um, and then they get inspired. This is the sound. This is the sound that I've been looking for and everything. And then, oh, when he finds that, too, right after that, he falls down and the tape starts spinning. It's like, finish it, finish it, finish it. And you have all this demonic sounding things. Yeah. Then that dude appears like all rotty in front of him, like, finish it! And scares him, and Dave goes running up the stairs out of there. Yeah, and then it's like the very beginning of the possession, almost. Well, that's where he said yeah. that was the last thing you remember was finding that's that right. raccoon. So yeah, yeah, I remember I that. that's it. Yeah. Which is weird, because how he hears the evil things in the house earlier, but I guess that's where the possession actually starts. Yeah. 
And this, this is when we cut to he's basically like shredding for 10 minutes. Yeah, and showing them the sound and everything. And he discovered a new a new note, an yeah. L-sharp. And there's again, I love they're trying to learn it. And Pat's like, okay, so it's kind of like an E. And Dave's like, no, it's not like an E. It's like an L. <laughs> <laughs> you discovered a new note called L-sharp. What happened to H-I-J-K? What happened to all those? It's an L! <laughs> He's getting all angry. It's like H-I-J-K-F-U. And that's the sound they're going to go for. I love that the theme throughout this movie is that the song just goes, pretty much takes up the entire album and ends up being like a 40 minute song. Yeah, because at the, like, at one part they're like, okay, we're going to cut down this, like, we're not going to have a 25 minute song, right? And they, Dave's like, no, and they all start laughing. Dave's like, this could be much longer. <laughs> yeah, I think by the end of it, it goes like to 40 some minutes. Yeah, it's said. like the full album. Yes. Um, after that, what, there's a bunch of shit going on here. And like I said, we just saw it. But once he's finally really possessed, the one band member and him have an argument. He leaves after Dave makes him rehearse for like eight hours straight on this super long fucking song. He's out at the grill and Dave slams his face down onto the grill. And there's a really cool effect where he peels him back up and like bits of flesh stretch yeah. out to the grill. They actually do, for a horror comedy, they still have some good gore moments in it. Oh yeah, and they there's some CGI, of course. Yeah. But they use a lot of practical. Like earlier when Dave was getting his intestines ripped out, those were practical. The bits of flesh hanging off the guy's face. Yeah. That's all special effects makeup. Yeah, you can tell. It, yeah. It works. Then Dave's like eating him later. And you get the line of, you're right, you do make a killer barbecue that you saw in the trailer. Um, I did remember something uh, that happened before this. It's just a little thing because yeah. it's a character. But it reminded me of me because he's a food delivery driver. And he's dropping off like eight chicken parmesans at first yeah and as soon as i saw like the delivery driver i'm just like oh i could put myself in this movie now yeah and um he delivers them and i love dave's like did you get my extra ranch because this is 100 percent true of just like no i didn't open up your bags and look through them to see if there is extra ranch you would be mad if i did that but yeah, he's like talk about like oh yeah i got a demo and whatnot oh because um, he's shocked it's dave Grohl when he opens the door yeah uh, this is uh, Will Forte. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. And then he shows up later with, like, 20 steaks or something. And yeah. I love Dave, like, I guess, ordered his uh, raw. Because he's just, like, eating the steak raw. And the rest of them are, like, looking at him being like, maybe I'll grill next time, uh, Dave. Um, you know, you don't look like you're doing too good. He's like, yeah, that's fine. Just maybe not even cook it. I like it juicy. And he like smiles oh, and like and shit falls out of his mouth. I don't know why that grosses me out more than any other gore effect in this. Yeah. That the, was pretty nasty. The showing of food in a mouth is like, and number one, it's extremely funny to do to others, but it sucks to have it done to you. <laughs> yeah. This is gross. Um, after around then, that's what I'm going to say here. We do have the one guy in the band. Is his name Nick? No, it's not Nick. The keyboard player guy. Nate? Nate. Is that it? Maybe. Is there a food or there's, in that? Yeah, well, there's uh, Raimi, Jaffe. I don't know which one it is. Chris, but Pat, the, Nate, the and Taylor. One, yeah. As he's portrayed in the movie, is hitting on and getting it on with the neighbor lady. I did like the part of the neighbor lady talking to Dave, where she's like, no, Dave, no one's lived in that house for 10 years. And then she does like the creepy <laughs> poor face down the fence thing, which I can't translate into describing if you haven't seen it. She's just, it's great comedic timing they did a great job with whitney cummings like 
casting her as that role because she's funny as fuck. But like she's on she, that scene is like she's taking it seriously, but she has that comedic timing of like just do it like a half a beat slower, it'll be funny. Yeah. And she brings over lemon bars with cocaine on with it. Oh, they're my mom's special recipe, but I put a little extra thing on there. So, is it cocaine? Yeah, it's cocaine. <laughs> But so yeah, that's all going on now. And who's the next to die? Delivery driver dies before the delivery, any of the band. Yeah, but he's killed by like the shadow demon thing. Yeah, he's like chased through the front woods part of the house with his extra ranches. What do you think <laughs> of them? I won't lie; I found them to be a little bit generic. The yeah. shadow demon things, like they remind me. No, I feel guilty saying this because of how much I love some of his work. But the haunting James Wan style. So like yeah. the conjurings and insidious and stuff like that. It's I just found like, it to be very much like that. It's the smoke monster from Lost. It's just like blank demon people with a kind of a scary face, but they have a smoke. Yeah, I don't know if that was done like on purpose of like they're I think not it's the... just your general what you jump to. Like, yeah. Not a dickish way. You don't have to put too much imagination yeah. into it. Like, it's oh, not really about dark figure with red eyes. It's not really about the demons. It's about oh, look at Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters in a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. Which, again, just to take back on this, more of this stuff, please. Like, I was really happy to see it. Like, it was fun. Yeah, like this Deathgasm. There's some of these great um, horror comedies. Like you know, I said at the beginning with Cabin in the Woods, you need a palate cleanser sometimes. Yeah. How many of these, like, old slashers are now getting their brand new movies and they're getting treated, quote-unquote, seriously? Of, like, Halloween is now all of a sudden, it's serious again. And brutal. And brutal. Scream is pretty serious. And, again. I mean, we're in the, oh, even though it's just a, what's it called, studio? Like, a production, not a production studio, what's it called? I don't know. Especially now that we live, like, in the whole A24 era, too. Yeah. We have a lot of very slow series for which I love that stuff. Yeah. But it's nice to have that alternative to it. Not everything can be hereditary, where you, like, are depressed when it's over. Yeah. Like, I want to go skipping out of this one like we did sometimes. So, just, like, you stand around for 20 minutes after the movie just bullshitting about it. Yeah. So, yeah, something about this was just really cool. And, like, props to the Foo Fighters for doing it. Because it sounds like such a far-out concept, I can't believe it actually came to be. And I hope they do more somehow. I don't... I'm almost positive this is a one and done. It's going to be one of those weird anomaly movies. Yeah. In 20 years, people on whatever are sharing, like, this weird old horror movie starring the Foo Fighters. Like, Weird Al has the one movie. Yeah. He could... He should have many, many more. But if for some reason, it's just the one. There's that new movie coming out about Weird Al I really yeah, want to see. I'm going to see it. I saw some of the promos where they're trying to make like Weird Al look cinematic and stuff. It is funny <laughs> to see that. It's this fucking guy with curly hair and a Hawaiian shirt with an accordion. I think it's Daniel Radcliffe from Harry Potter. Yeah. And it's just like, but they have like red lighting behind them. And it's like, no, don't try to take this seriously. Speaking of other musicians, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the part where Dave has writer's block and he starts playing a Lionel Richie song. Yes. And Lionel Richie, he's obviously dreaming, appears to him, but he's like, that's my song. It's a good song. I like it, but that's my song. You, you play your own song, Dave Grohl. He just shows up to yell at Dave Grohl and then literally just walks off the scene. <laughs> I don't know how they pulled that off, but it's amazing. I would like to just like Lionel Richie was like in town for like half a day. And they're like, is there any way you would do this for us? Yeah, I mean, Dave Grohl's got some pool in the music like industry. Yeah. I'm sure like he, has, I mean, I know he has a ton of connections. So. Oh, there was a Motorhead reference. Was there? Because I was, I was looking for one. 
um at the very beginning when they grill the first time after they're like dave uh dave's like oh yeah i'm the grill master he's like yeah you're the master of burning it yeah um when they're outside grilling and you see dave burning the burgers they're listening to motorhead oh good i'm glad i heard lemmy i was like oh good i didn't catch it but yeah. i was wondering the whole time we'd get like some kind of tribute to lemmy or something just because i knew they were close or like spoilers for ghostbusters afterlife like ghost harold ramus lemmy into this movie oh, of, cool. instead of like random greg person it's lemmy <laughs> that him be going like ghosts or something yeah. yeah um or not even just have it be the generic shadow ghost demons but the, one of them has two moles yeah exactly <laughs> so after this um our next death i think is the when the one guy's over with the neighbor lady and they're getting it on and everything and dave grohl's under the bed with a chainsaw yes and after we just did texas chainsaw 2022 recently and I think this is something more appropriate that Chainsaw would be able to cut up through a bed, a yes. mattress. Yes. Not the entire structure of the house. Yes. But what's that song? It's um like, uh, I'm Lumberjack, Lumberjack yeah. baby. Uh, by Jackal. Ring, 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 ring. And it has a, a chainsaw a chainsaw solo yes. in the middle of the song. Because every time I hear that, I always just like, I, I won't skip it. It's just like, oh, this is funny. And I love it so much. We're like, yeah, they're doing it. And she's like, oh, I love this part. And then that's when Dave fires up the chainsaw, of course. It comes up through her face. In like what you would think would be a 3D movie shot. Like yeah. that directly looking at thing. And into the bandmate and like saws down both of them. I love both bodies just like flop open. Yeah. And it's another one of those things of like, I get like, um, and uh, like uh, horror movies and movies do this with bigger names with like, uh, you know, Whitney Cummings was not going to go completely naked. It's one of those things of like, she has sex, but with a lot of her clothes on. Yes. And so does he kind of. <laughs> I, I like that he's wearing this weird Steve-O looking underwear yeah. that uh, when Dave Grohl sees him in him earlier, oh, there's mine. They obviously, like, there's a pillow at the end of this thing. <laughs> like, it's an obviously stuffed thing. <laughs> Which, I mean, that goes back to, like, 80s metal and stuff. Remember, like, that was the big thing. Everyone was stuffing their, like, tight pants and everything. It goes right back to Spinal Tap when they're going through the airport security and the one, the bassist has a uh, cucumber wrapped in tinfoil in his pants. Yeah. He has to take it out in front of everyone to go, there, are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> um... The, the whole before we get to those killings though man it's it really drops for me though for a while like if i have, if i check my phone for the time during a part you know your yeah. time's dragging long because a lot of that middle part of like there was a, some stuff in there but it was a lot of rehearsing no 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 that's not right it's got to be this and then like a little like funny scenes of like Pat Smear doesn't have a room. He's sleeping on the island in the kitchen. Oh, I love that. And then the night they have the party when the realtor lady or whatever comes back the next day, she thinks he's a dead body because there's too much stuff on his counter for him to even sleep on. So he sleeps on the floor next to like a spilled bottle of ketchup. Because one of the things he said is like, oh, there was no other rooms and plus snacks. Yeah. And like, yeah, he like passed out <laughs> snacking beside like a bottle of ketchup. I love that they give him the like old timey nightcap. Too. Oh yeah, he has the night shirt and the nightcap and Dude, when did those go out of fashion? The nightcap. 1800s? Why one why did they exist and two why don't they anymore? I'm guessing it's because houses didn't have heat. So it's like you had to wear a hat to keep it, your It's <laughs> such a weird hat. Yeah. It's like a stocking. 
it always just reminds me of like a Christmas poem. Yeah, kind of thing exactly. Like, Ebenezer Scrooge always had. Yeah. That's why. Oh, I looked out my window and I saw Santa go going by. <laughs> I think I'm gonna bring it back. I'm gonna. I like that. Using a nightcap. As official throbbing with horror nightcaps. Oh, there we go. That's a merch item right there. No shirts. No <laughs> shirts. No like masks. Nothing like no nightcaps. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love. They always has one on every time the show. I'm waking up. But we also miss, they do get the backstory from the neighbor lady explains about, like, there's the book bound in human flesh and everything. Yes. And that's basically the curse thing. Same thing that happened to Dream Widow and all that stuff. Oh, I also, really quick, because this is, it's all over the place because of uh, just seeing it. Yeah. The very beginning of the movie. Um, there's, like, one of the first scenes that you see the Food Fighters and they're in the office with yeah. jeff garland and they're talking about amazing movies and they're talking about the 80s dune and Waterworld from the 90s two like infamous flops yeah of like and they're talking about sting and his like um silver like jock strap yeah. and they're talking about how like kevin Costner has like oh no he has the gills behind his ear and i love how they're like beginning their movie going like these movies are amazing and they're just famously like hated yes. <laughs> Uh, they're like, well, maybe we'll go into this category if it yeah. doesn't do well. Yeah. Uh, so then we realize they get their plot. They have to get this whole book thing and find and take the demon out of Dave. That's and, obviously killing him. And they have Taylor distract him because he has to record the drum still. Oh, I love that scene where they're all like huddled together with Whitney Cummins. And they're all like, okay, you two go in the basement. Go, go find this raccoon thing that they're talking about. You distract Dave. I don't want to go distract Dave. They're like forcing him to. It's almost like uh, they're in middle school again. And it's like two friends ganging up against the other friend. Yeah. They're like push him to do the thing. Because then the keyboardist wants to go have sex with Whitney Cummings. And that's when all that happens. Because he starts doing the like, huh, huh, face at her. And then so he does go distracted, but he's just messing up the drum tracks a lot to make it take a long time. And Dave's like, I know you're a better drummer than this. You're doing this on purpose. Yeah. They get the, he gets the track done. And now that Dave's all happy, he's like, so we got, that's all, right? Yep. And he takes the symbol off the drum set. I'm surprised we didn't get more music style kills. This yeah. is really the only one, I think. I was expecting, because whether well, it's the amplifier, if you want to count that with Carrie King. Yeah. And then this one, I was expecting like a guitar. Yeah. Over the head. Friday 8. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he throws the drum symbol at Taylor Hawkins and it like beheads him at the head. So like through yeah. the mouth kind of, and the body falls down and the head's on top of the symbol cause it goes into the wall, just bleeding. And I like this oddly sloppy blood that comes out of the body here. Yeah. It starts spraying that they, they kind of make him into a South Park Canadian. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> way to put it. But the blood effect was really interesting. I know it was practical, but yeah. it was chunky kind of. Yeah. Something like maybe it was supposed to be brains or something. I don't know. But it was also, this is a scene where it, it holds for a couple minutes of them doing this drum thing. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there enjoying drumming. Because um, I forget who the one TikToker, I, like you sent her to me on uh, on TikTok. Of she does like drum shit, but she'll dress in like cartoons. Oh, no, like in costumes and stuff. She's really funny. She raining blood dressed as Toad. Yeah. Yeah, she's, yeah she does the voice. <laughs> Speaking of Carrie Gang. Yes. But since then, I've been, like, really into, like, drums and beats and stuff. And with, like, this whole scene, I was like, oh, this is cool. He's a really good drummer, yeah. too. Uh, but, yeah, his death was really cool. Actually, one of my favorites. And then Pat does get down and find the book. 
And as they're going up, the demon things grab him, but the other guy saves him and pulls him back up. I know this is where you get the another great Pat screaming and then just smiling of just like, I don't know if he's just like, uh, is it a nihilist of like, you just don't care about anything? Or he's just not a good and, actor. Or he's just That's not, a, I'm is. trying to see what the character is. I'm giving <laughs> him the benefit that. of the doubt or either that, or he just constantly does dabs. Just nonstop, and exactly. it's just in his own little world. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think it more was. But I like when they're hiding from Dave because they see him throwing the body parts into the wood chipper, yeah. like which is really cool. And I like that they were smart, and they even though it was more than there would be, but the blood sprays out of there goes by like the part of the body. You threw a full leg, yeah. it was a bigger splatter than we just threw a little hand in there. It's not the same amount of splatter for a hand and a full yeah. torso. That much attention to gore detail gets a nice thumbs up from me. Yeah, and this reminded me of Fargo. Yes, it does. Very much. But yeah, so there's the whole, they're hiding, and I do love when Dave sees them, they scream and run was very funny and amusing. And they find them, they're trying to get away at first, and they're under, no, this isn't it. Dave finds them, and there's this whole, like, them running around the pool from Dave thing that goes on for a long time. This was funny enough, like, it was, you could tell it was supposed to be that too long of a running back and forth by the pool. And then the solution to defeat him was oddly simple. And I thought this was the final act for mm me. I'm like, that's all it was? It's like Hellraiser, how we're talking about so much buildup, but really, especially in the first one, all you have to do is close the box. Yeah. And that's how you solve it. The most obvious solution is it. They just read the right thing from the book and, like, make the pool holy water. And he comes to kill him, and his demons launch him in the air and they force lightning him like you said head in the water lightning him with the book falls in the water no more demon then pukes for a while but he falls in like the holy water which i don't think that's how it works i think you have to be a priest to make holy water i don't know i don't think you could just say words as a themselves through the thing (laughs) through the book yeah oh okay yeah that's right i'm legally ordained online maybe i can make holy water cool can I have some holy yingling? I can make your beer holy. Yes, there you <laughs> oh, go. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. It tastes worse. Peace be with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to mention real quick the pool scene of them doing the like running back and forth. Yeah. How many times have you done that with like either a friend, like you have siblings, I don't Someone's have siblings. Someone's chasing after you, yeah. And you're doing that like around a table yeah. or like I used to do it with like my dogs all the time of like. It's the, like, keep away thing of, like, it was just so funny to see because it's, like, another real world thing of, I'm like, oh, everyone's done that. Yeah, exactly. It's very relatable. By the way, do we mention we're in person? I don't think we have. Oh, yeah. If we sound a little different than normal, that's why. In person episode. Yes. I'm And, and Chateau Le Greg. <laughs> yes. I just really, like, maybe that's why we sound different if they're thinking that. But after that, Dave's cured and everything seems fine. They're going to go get in the car they're starting to hotwire the car and right here is where we get jenna ortega back Mm -hmm. again and the rest of the evil band and evil greg here and they fight and they suck him into the book pretty much yeah and it's weird but that's it and this is where you remember how you know people always say lord of the rings has too many endings yeah like it ends like eight times right and that's kind of what this is doing, because I've already thought it's ended, like, five times by the time it does. Well, you think it ended when Dave's not possessed anymore. Yes. Now you're like, okay, evil Greg has gotten sucked back into the book. Yes. Now it's over. Nope. Now Jeff Garland shows up. <laughs> this is where Jeff Garland shows up. And while this is going on, Pat and the other guy, sorry, other guy for not remembering your name, are trying to hotwire the van because they lost the keys in the Dave battle. And the 
realtor lady shows up and goes to get them. They just get the van started. Pat's under it. The van falls down on Pat and runs over his head yeah. going forward or reverse. The other guy who was in the car gets stabbed in the eye with this metal thing that I guess this is for the hot wiring. Rob. <laughs> is, is that his name? No, Razor Rob. Whenever you see this movie, we need car help. Oh, yeah. So when, whenever you get to see Studio 666, let us know if this is true. <laughs> yeah, but he gets stabbed in the eye and then the car goes back. He dies. And then, well, he doesn't die. He gets out. The realtor girl got run over. You think she's dead. Which she is in a second, but not before stabbing him. Right. And so all three are dead here. Which, this entire time, I was like, I hope Pat Smear lives. Even though I knew he wasn't going to. You know the whole band's going to die. I wasn't sure at this point. Like, maybe three will live. Yeah. How did that conversation go in real life, though? Okay, who gets to live? Yeah. I wish, I was like, if he does have to die, I hope it's a great, cool, gory death. I didn't like his death. It was because the sea, it was his head got run over, which could have been a cool watermelon trauma moment. Yeah. But it was done CGI-wise, and there's a split second where it just looks like a piece of his face, like, cracks off like glass and falls. Yeah. It, it was really bad. I like the mannequin work after, though, like, yeah. with the, like, tire tread going through the head and everything. But the actual running over of Pat's head was the worst kill in the movie, I think. Yeah. Or just the simple stabbing. Yeah, but even that, like, it just looked bad. Yeah. Like, they should have done something. They should have seen that and went, oh, never mind. Let's do something else. Yeah. Um. So the whole reason that the, what's his name? Jeff Garland? Mm-hmm. And the other girl are evil is because the rock and metal wasn't doing so great these days. Rock and roll's on the downtrend, and we got to inject some danger back into it. They're Satanists, because... Satan's behind all rock music or something yes. like that, he said. And they sent him to this haunted place on purpose. And Dave and him get in a fight, and it's a really cool fist fight at first. And then it turns into them just trading low blows back and forth for like five minutes. They're just kicking each other in the nuts for like five times in a row. It's like, did I wander into Jackass forever all of a sudden? <laughs> like, But basically the fight ends with Dave winning, I guess, the fight, but the other guy talking about, like, saying about what this means, it's time for Dave Grohl to go solo. Yeah, because this is when Dave's on top of him just choking Jeff Garland out. And Jeff Garland's just making Jeff Garland noises because he has, like, a very distinct voice. Yeah. And he's, like, gargling and stuff and kind of talking. It was just so funny. <laughs> but then we just cut to, what, like, a year later or three years later or something? I think it's one year later. One year I'm later. Sure. Um, you have the one McPoyle guy from It's Always Sunny yes. in Philadelphia knocking on a dressing room and Dave you're on big crowd tonight or something and Dave Grohl's gone solo and you can see his eyes he's still demon possessed somehow and everything it would have been so funny because he is one of the McPoyles if it was like Dave <laughs> he has he has hot milk and he's in his robe uh, I got your hot milk for you <laughs> but and yeah I guess the whole thing was the whole band died so Dave could become a bigger star or whatever yeah um it is true, though. I just saw the statistic. I think it was last year was the first year that there wasn't a rock or metal album to crack the top 200. Really? Yeah. Wow. Lots of alternative, which I guess if you want split hairs, yeah. you could take it too. But yeah, as far as like just regular rock or metal, last year was the first year neither got on the like Billboard top 200 of the year or something. So maybe this needs to be done. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Girls bandmates. Everyone, Dave, you're going solo, though. Everyone but Pat Smear. Nope, he has, he's oh, got to go. Well, he's he's had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> this is his, like, third band. Two of them have been, like, fucking two of the biggest bands ever. 
which think about like just real quick you were saying about the top 200 thing some of my favorite newer metal bands have like a kiss like gimmick to it almost of like ghost yeah it's like this huge satanic over the top thing he's a satanic pope and whatnot and it's a the concerts are called like black rituals or something then you got ice nine kills that just does horror songs now yeah and they have a horror concept albums of like what's the guy's name spencer spencer is like a killer and shit yeah and there's not any of the sabbath not as much of the like really like taking it serious slayer they're out there but yeah it's not as big nowhere near yeah or like cannibal corpse like how don't they have a song called like i come blood or something and they take it serious cannibal corpse was just in pittsburgh really two days ago and a bunch of my friends went and i was i didn't go i really wish i would have went that's awesome. I only got to see them once. It was like over 10 years ago. It was a really fun time, though. I remember I had a friend in middle school and high school named Mike Fratt who uh, loved Cannibal Corpse. He was like in middle school and was like a hardcore Cannibal Corpse fan. Good. Had the shirts, had the super long like hair down to his waist. Oh, uh, he did the Corpse Dragon yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's all said. That was Studio 666. Also, just a side note was so much fun to walk into a movie theater and so go, I would like one uh, ticket to Studio 666, please. I think I said 666. Yeah. And they knew what I meant. Yeah. Oh, but no, I said it slow. I savored it. I was, it was like the one time when I worked at Cheats and I got the call out order number 666. And my manager said, just say order, just say what the order is. Say it's the sub with fries. Nope. And I'm like, no, you have to call out this order number. Yeah, order <laughs> six, six, six. Number of the beast. And the lady comes up. She's like, I, it's like an old lady. She's like, I wish I wasn't that number. <laughs> uh, so enjoyable movie overall, I thought. Very much so. I, it was definitely not one I regretted, like, doing the extra effort to see it in theaters. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was worth it. I can't wait to watch it again. This will definitely be like a buy on Blu-ray. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. So you mean Count of the Dead? Yes. Uh, I can't wait to see where we are. Uh, Count of the Dead. Uh, uh, uh. Because I love live ones. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like a poker face moment for me. Because every time there's a kill, I do like a little lean forward and look <laughs> at Greg. <laughs> So last episode, we did Fade to Black, which left us with a count of the dead of 897. Where do you think Studio 666 brought us? I believe there were 13 kills. Are you serious? Yes. You did it again. You missed it by one. God damn it. Me and P, all the way home, <laughs> all the way to me home, were talking about the kills and the kill count of the count of the dead. And I was like, okay, because the very first thing I said is, I think there's eight. And P's like, no, there's way more than eight. And then we discussed it for like 20 minutes. And we came to 13. But we got 12. God, you probably counted uh, Greg twice. Because he saw him oh, hanging and then died. Yeah. That's probably what happened. Yeah. So, yep. And counted the dead of 909. Yeah. You finally hit We it. finally got over 900. Now we've got to get the uh, four digits. We'll hit it sooner than you think. Look how quick we got to 900. In, oh, yeah. In less than 100 episodes. So. Yeah. Um, well, every week, Greg does this count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. And I like to do my rating system from Dimension Z. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, basically, I like to rate the movie one through ten, one being the worst, ten being the best, and I pick something from the movie to rate the thing. Okay. And I'll come up with that until right now. And I should have thought about this throughout the movie, but I didn't. Um, and I always do food because you know what the very you first thing, the very first thing that something came up grill. to me was uh, steaks. Yeah. So I'm gonna do steaks. Okay. I'm just I'm a fat guy. I like food. Right, it's steaks. always on my mind. Um, I, I can do steaks. A number one steak. It's like you go to Denny's and you get it ordered like well done. Okay. It's dry. It's shitty. It's mostly gristle. Yeah. It's like look, people. Never order your steak well done. Either don't eat steak or order it for real. Well, what does Hank Hill say? Firm, with a little give, medium rare. But what if they want it done well done? We ask them firmly but politely to leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, which a number 10 steak is, I'm going to say, of course, a medium uh, medium rare. Wrong. No, what are you? Rare. Rare. Yeah. I can't do that. I, I like I that sometimes. I can't do that blue rare or whatever that is, but I can do rare. Okay. Every once in a while. But it's just not done enough for oh, me. That's perfect. That I'm like, this is... I remember a couple of times, Dad cooked it so fast, it was still a little cold in the middle. Yeah. And I'm like, no, come on, Dad. No, At least heat it up. Shit there. And it's like a good, like, I don't know, New York strip. Okay. Something good, like, and you, like, baste it in the butter and yeah. stuff. And, um. I'm going to give Studio 666 seven steaks out of ten. Like, this is like an Outback Steakhouse steak. Like, it's still, like, you're ordering it out. It's kind of a quasi, like, it's between fast food and, like, a real sit-down restaurant. Yeah. It's chain restaurant. Yeah. But it's still pretty good. Yeah. Um, I went right under you. I went six and a half okay. steaks out of ten. Can yeah. we round that up one point to, say, 6.6? If you allow it for this episode, yes. because usually we'll just go halves or holes. For this one, yes. Because okay. for 666. Okay, we'll go 6.6 <laughs> 6 yes. out of 10 steaks. Nice. I really liked it. The middle drug for me a little bit. Like yeah. I said, if I check the time, that's not a good sign for me. But the bookends of it were really fun. I yeah. liked it. And like I said, I've just, what an accomplishment like for this band to do something like this. And to have it theatrically. To have it theatrically released, which was shocking to me when I first heard about this yeah. and saw it. I'm like, this will be a Hulu exclusive. This will mm -hmm. be a Prime thing. Like, Shudder might pick it up. I don't know who's doing it. I'm like, yeah. there's no way it's going to theaters. Or if it does, it'll have, like, just a festival run. It won't have, like, a regular theater run. I was shocked to see this come to theaters. I, in a good way. Yeah. I, I was the same way of, like... When Maxwell put it in the group chat like a week ago or something where it was like, oh, yeah, Studio 666 is coming in the theaters. I'm like, there's no way. This has to be a direct video or the equivalent for today of that of, like you said, it's going to go on Blu-ray and Hulu. Yeah. The fact that this got theatrically released, I hope it does really well. And I do too. Look, I hope all horror movies, honestly, even if it's not the kind I like, yeah. I want every Conjuring movie to do great. I right. Want, I want everything horror because then it keeps more in the market and more stuff for yeah. us to watch. But so worth watching. Oh, for sure. So that's what we got. You want to talk about next week? Yes. Yeah, so what are we doing next week, Greg? Our schedule's all messed up now because <laughs> we saw this. So yeah, you're welcome for the impromptu double feature people getting two in a week. Whatever week that ended up being, I don't know what day this came out. Because I had a little mini panic thing with Greg because we were talking about like, you know, we're getting a bunch of people together to go see it. I was like, I want to cover it on the podcast, but we already said we were going to do Fade to Black. And he's like, we can just do a double week. And I went, okay, good. Because I want to talk about this. 
Uh, next week is one of my personal favorites in recent years, and I'm so excited we finally get to fucking do this movie. The reason we are, because it hasn't streamed on anything, I found it on sale for $5 on Blu-ray. It already had the DVD, so I was like, oh, I will buy this. I'm giving Brett the DVD so we can yes. finally do this movie. So we're doing Ready or Not next week. Which I'm excited about. I've heard a lot of great things about it. A long time ago, I watched like a review or two and it looked cool. Good. But I, I'm excited. I'm glad you get to see it. Like I can't wait just to rewatch it. So I'm excited to watch it and talk about it. But yeah, that'll be next episode is Ready or Not. And the fact that we're covering it just means I got a gift. So go Brett. Exactly. <laughs> And that's all I got, man. That's all I got. Uh, hopefully uh, Studio 666 has left your brain throbbing with horror. Do you like throbbing with horror? Their early shows were a little too avant-garde for me, but I hear if you follow them on the social media, they do terrific work. You should probably rate them five stars wherever you're listening to them. It makes their show a cut above the rest. Make sure you tune in next week. Wouldn't want to miss another episode, right? <laughs> hey, Paul!